Okay, and welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast with AP and Trey. I am AP. He is with it, Trey Wheeler. Honestly, I give his name every time because he goes by Trey, but I call him Willie because I didn't know his name was Trey until like five years after knowing him. Um, and so that's kind of where that comes from. But it's been a good little minute. Um, life, life, and we hadn't been able to get back to it. But we're going to try and do more podcasts this, this season. Um, so we're back and better than ever. Um, how you doing, Willie? I'm good. I'm good. Life is good. Life is good. How about you, man? It's it's good. Um, I will say I am very happy. Um, we had a leak that messed up our floors. So, but we got floors again. So that was one of them life things that went on. That was just it was stressful. But we got floors now, so I'm happy. Yeah, life be life, Lord. Yes, it do. Yes, it do. But as life is life, and we're gonna talk about what's going on in the NFL right now. And specifically to start, we're going to talk about running backs. So I have a lot to say about running backs because it's a position that I personally feel like catches a lot of flack and doesn't get treated. The running backs as a whole don't get treated as they should because they are seen as generally replaceable and not key to winning. And so one of the first things I want to talk about is the idea that you don't need a top-tier running back to win a Super Bowl. And me and you have talked about this on multiple occasions. One of the biggest problems is the Super Bowl, for being the highest accomplishment and what people should strive for, a lot of times – is viewed in a way that if you don't win, you haven't had success. But it doesn't take into account the fact that the NFL is a single elimination tournament that one bad play can cost you a game. Like, I go back to Todd Gurley. Like, for all of the talk of how Todd Gurley didn't live up to his contract and how he didn't help them win a Super Bowl, he they got to the Super Bowl on the back of Todd Gurley. When the Rams, before this most recent run where they won the Super Bowl, they'd been a few years ago. When they went, they won, but they got there because of Todd Gurley. It was one game where the Patriots had the best, like, they did a great job. It was a generally, like, most people would say boring Super Bowl, but the Rams got there on the back of Todd Gurley. So the idea that, oh, well, you don't need a running back to win the Super Bowl. Honestly, there are a lot of things that you don't need to win a Super Bowl, but there are also things that you generally have. Like in the way that we talk about Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Tom Brady and eventually probably Josh Allen and all of these different things, all these superstar quarterbacks that you need to win a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco has a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl. They didn't have, they didn't win the Super Bowl because they were just such great quarterbacks. Everything lined up. And in that single elimination tournament, they were able to have success. And so when we go and we think about running backs, it's so often that it's like, oh, well, you don't need a good running back to have success. But you generally do. And when you don't have a good running back, 
unless you have top tier quarterback and other position play, if you don't have a great running back, you're generally not going to succeed. And so at this point, we are in a position where Saquon didn't get paid, Josh Jacobs didn't get paid, Tony Pollard didn't get paid, all of which was, and those three players were franchise tag. And Bomani Jones mentioned this the other day on Twitter because I refuse to call it X. Um, he mentioned that the problem is running backs are most hindered by the franchise tag because it allows teams to benefit from effectively cheap labor for an additional year, possibly two. And to take that further, what ends up happening is most players are playing for their second contract because a lot of players don't get to their second contract. But what happens with running backs is the point where they would get their second contract, which is generally the bigger contract, they are hindered by the franchise tag, which allows teams to just pay them a lower amount for cheap labor, and then they'll just get rid of them after that. It hinders their ability to get to their big payday. And it's it's generally frustrating because you have points like now where Saquon Barkley is amazing. Saquon Barkley was that offense in New York. If they didn't have him, they wouldn't have had the level of success that they did. And the idea that Saquon can't get paid, oh, well, nobody is going to get paid. Because on top of him being an excellent, high-quality running back, he was the focal point of their offense, and they didn't pay him. What hope does Jonathan Taylor have? What hope does Josh Jacobs have? What hope does Najee Harris have if Saquon – who for all intents and purposes is a Hall of Fame caliber talent. And when he's on the field, we can all see how good he is. If he can't get paid, what are we doing? And so, Willie, I, I said this to you the other day. Um, the biggest problem is teams and organizations at this point want to treat the running back position and all running backs like the Los Angeles Chargers treated Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Melvin Gordon was a pretty good running back. Was he phenomenal? Mm, not really, but in his time in Los Angeles, well, in San Diego and then Los Angeles, um, his first year was bad. He, he really didn't do much. His second year, he had... I'm going to say it was 1,000 yards. It was 997. It's 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, and then he added 419 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. His sec The next year was 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, um, 476 receiving yards, four, touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns. Um, the following year, 885 yards, 10 touchdowns, 409 receiving yards, four touchdowns. His last year was a down year that he only played 12 games in, so he only had 612 yards. But he still had eight touchdowns, and he still had almost 300 yards receiving. 
it was time for Melvin Gordon to get paid. Melvin's like, hey, I feel like I should be paid comparable to the other running backs in the league. They were like, no, nah, we're good. We got this kid, Austin Eckler, who looks like he's going to be really good. We're just going to, like, we're not going to pay you. We're going to rock with Austin. Now, Austin turned out to be amazing. As an undrafted rookie, I mean, as an undrafted player, he has come in, he's had multiple, has he had multiple um, thousand-yard seasons? No, he has not reached a thousand yards yet, but he had two seasons of 900-plus yards and 12 touchdowns. He had 911 in 2021 and 915 in 22 with 12 and 13 touchdowns, respectively. And in 21, he had eight receiving touchdowns. He had five last year. I mean, in 2019, he had eight receiving touchdowns. He, he's a receiving monster. But they were like, all right, we'll just run with Austin. And Austin has panned out for them. But the problem is teams are treating every situation in that way, and not every running back is Melvin Gordon. Saquon Barkley isn't Melvin Gordon. He's better than that, and you should treat him better than that. But the Giants don't want to do that. And there are multiple teams. Like, I expect Najee Harris to struggle. I expect when Brees Hall comes up, him to struggle. Um, trying to get his money because at the end of the day, one of the things that we don't really talk about is if you are franchise tagged, that means you are good enough to get a second contract. But teams don't want to give running backs that second contract. And that is – like, at the end of the day, it's unfair to the running backs that they they are, in general, pushed down and not treated right. Um, what are your thoughts, Willie? You kind of already hit the nail on the head for me. Austin Eckler is the reason. Like, he's at fault, so to speak, for lack of a better term. Why these running backs won't get paid because it's just get another one, just get another one. I was just, I mean, you, you, you like we've talked about offline. There's people on national radio saying, Oh, I'll just draft another one high, use them up for five years, and get rid of them. Almost like he's an animal, like he's less than almost. And so it's rather disturbing to hear. And we talked about how running backs, you know, a high-level running back isn't doesn't equal out to a Super Bowl. Well, there's a problem with that as well. So, AP, I want you to do me a favor real quick. I want you to name, not in order, not in order, and you ain't got to rank them, just the 10 best receivers in the NFL. Hold on, I actually have a list. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, bring, bring it out, bring it out. Oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 it's gonna get way worse. Keep going, though. Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, DK, Debo, Mike Evans, CD Lamb. How many of those got a ring? One. He was paired with what? Arguably the greatest throw of the football that ever lived? Yep. 
that just happened to match up with a coach that's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. Do also had a tight end that's probably pretty much a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep. Oh, uh, okay. 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 AP, I got I got one I got one more thing I need you to do. One wait, more thing. Wait, can, can I add something to it? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Shoot off. Um only two of those other ones. No, I lied. There are two run two of those top ten that have ranks. Mike Evans has a rank. Oh. Wait, wait, wait a minute. The same Mike Evans who played for Tampa Bay, right? Yep. The same Tampa Bay team that went against Pat Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. That had me and you blocking for him at right and left tackle because both of them somehow tragically got injured right before the Super Bowl, right? Yep. The same Super Bowl where there was three touchdown passes dropped? Yep. Oh, okay, okay. I'm just making sure. So it took – so out of those 10, one of them played with arguably the best throw we've ever seen in the football, and the other one – benefited off the best throw who ever throw the football teammates having the drop season being injured, right? And Mike Evans was playing with the GOAT. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mike Evans was playing with the greatest quarterback who ever lived. Ever. Yeah. Oh. Okay, okay. One more exercise. We're going we're gonna to do one more. Wait, wait, one I, 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 I didn't get to finish with the other part of that. Let's be oh, of those 10, two of the other ones have been to the Super Bowl in Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown, but neither one of them won. And by the measure of, oh, you don't need a quarterback to win, those two didn't help them win. So why are we not talking bad about that? AP, it gets worse. Okay. Calvin Johnson. Larry Fitzgerald. Yep. Chris Carter. Yep. Terrell Owens. Yep. Since people like throwing him in there, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has a ring. He does have one. Wait a minute, who's he? Th who's throwing him the ball? The goat. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Let's move on. Um, Devontae Adams. Nope. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of other great historic, like all world wide receivers. Uh, Sterling Sharp. Nope. Mm, we can keep going. Donald Driver. Nope. Hmm. Hmm. Eric Moles. Nope. Andre Johnson. Nope. Steve Smith? Nope. Julio. Does Julio have one? No, Julio ain't got one either. Mm. Man, for all this discussion about you don't need a running back to win. What a, man. I'm just saying, it, it looks kind of the same way on another position. Looks the same. Does it take your quarterback to another level in the regular season? Absolutely. Ask Stefan Diggs how he feels about Josh Allen's performance in a quiet room in the playoffs. Ask him. I dare you. 
Ask Megatron why he really left. Mm. And so that's all I got, AP. (laughs) And so what ends up happening is the conversation is, oh, you don't pay running backs. And I mean, we've talked about it. Like one of the things that I said before was the amount of times that I hear people say, you don't draft a running back in the first round. I'm like, no, you do. Like from a business aspect, if there's a running back who's available that's good, you draft him in the first round. You get five years out of him, period. Like unless he's just complete and utter trash, you get five years out of him. Um, If he's good enough, you go ahead and like you franchise tag him if you're in that position. What has been awkward, and I want to know what you think about this, is running backs have to be basically all world with no injuries to be able to like get an early extension Zeke. And what we don't talk about is the fact that they use Zeke so effectively early in his career. CMC, they use him effectively early in his career. And so he was able to benefit from that. But most times, if you're not all world and injury free, you're gonna have to wait. And then when you wait, they're like, ah, we'll franchise tag you. Mm-hmm. And so like somebody you mentioned, like Najee, who has been the offense, despite let's just call it what it is, uh, let's be nice about it, pedestrian offensive line play. Like I said, he's screwed. But he's not going to put up the all-world numbers, even though if you look at him on tape, you see the contribution that he brings to the offense. Yeah. I feel like what's going to end up happening is Najee's going to have to take a maybe $11 million if he even gets that. Because um, I don't think he's going to. I, I can see him making it to um, the fifth-year option. And there's no holding out. Like, you can't hold out as a running back because the the mindset is, and going back to what we were talking about, about Austin, one of the problems is people talk about getting Austin Eckler and getting a replacement like it's easy, but it doesn't actually work. Like, you have to be incredibly lucky to find someone who is able to produce at that level um, and it, it continued to work because generally it doesn't. Like, good example, Antonio Gibson for the um, Washington Commanders. He was a third-round pick in 2020. He had um, 795 yards and 11 touchdowns his first season. The second season, he went for 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. Last year, he went for – he played in 15 games. He only started six, and he had 546 yards and three touchdowns. He will probably never get another shot. Uh Oh, well, like, he had that 1,000-yard season, and it's like, oh, we just need to replace him. Like, we got – we got someone who can replace what we have. No, because the likelihood of mid-level talent actually com- like being that good is low. It doesn't happen often. But they want to 
treat it that way and it, it doesn't work. Like when we talked about the other day, not everybody is Melvin Gordon, but not everybody is going to end up being Austin Eckler. But teams talk about it like, oh, yeah, we'll just get Austin Eckler. Like Isaiah Pacheco has the potential to be really successful. I don't honestly think that he will have like a great year. I think that he will have a pretty good year, but I don't expect Isaiah Pacheco to come back and have an all-world year. And people are going to look at it like, oh, but he was a seven-round pick and he did so well. Yeah, they got lucky that this one seven yard, this one seventh round pick worked. There's also a chance that he's never as good as he was this one year. And then this one year, he had 830 yards and five touchdowns. But it's like, the idea is, oh, well, we can just use him. Nah. Too often, they're relying on the idea of low talent being good enough. And that usually doesn't work. No, it doesn't. I mean, you go back and you look. It's, we, we, we're we're going to play another. We're going to do another exercise. The name of this game is Name a Good Back After This Person Left. Ricky Williams and Ronnie Brown. They're still trying to figure that out. Lamar that's, Miller is the best that they've had? That's what we're going to say? I said it's okay. the best they've had. I didn't say it was good. Arian Foster? <laughs> Damian Pierce? Oh, okay. Cool. Um, Adrian, no, 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 no. We'll give Davin Cook. Davin Cook did good. I was about to say Adrian Pierce, but Davin Cook did, did a doggone good job. He did a doggone good job. I'll give him that. Hold on, hold on. Because I agree with you. However, Adrian Peterson left in 2017. No, his last season was 2016. But, it, I mean, it took Dalvin till 2019 to, like, really step into that role. So, they had three years of not knowing. Three years of not knowing. Okay. Let, let's let's keep going. Mm-mm. Oh, here's a really good one. The Arizona Cardinals' entire franchise. Yeah, like, there are plenty of instances of – players, not players, teams getting rid of their, I don't want to say all of my Hall of Fame, but high-end running backs and never really being able to get replace them. And so, as we are coming up on a point where Saquon probably won't get a big deal, um, I was very surprised because on ESPN, Mike Tannenbaum came out and was like, hey, the Giants need to, like, go in this season at the end of the season and figure out how to make sure he gets his money because he did right by them. They should do right by him. Um, that surprised me, but I like, I don't foresee it happening. Um, I don't think Josh Jackson is going to get another contract. Um, I don't think Tony Pollard is going to get, like, I don't see anyone getting a contract for a while. Like the next person that I can see really making a difference and changing something is Bijan, but that's it. Like, even Brees, who we both think is amazing, the idea that they are actively trying to 
talked to Dalvin Cook and they have Brees already. Just kind of shows how they really feel about Brees. The next person to, in my opinion, that will actually get a second deal without any issues, it's not even in the pros yet. Who you got? There's a kid in Clemson. I think his name is Will Shipley. He's pretty good. He will not be the first running back taken. In fact, no, because he's not even eligible this year. Um, I think he comes out. I think he'll be eligible 2025. That is who I think will get one. And like I say, he's to me, he's not all world. He's not God mode or anything. He's solid. He's really good. He he's clearly a pro. I will say that. Like he's fresh me, you can tell he's a pro. He will be a pro player. But yeah. I don't even think Bijan would get his without any kind of struggle. Cause Tyler Algier is still gonna be there. I like I can see a scenario where they try to keep both of them. Yep. Now that we've hit running backs, let's take a minute and talk about other big contracts that were signed over the course of the summer. So, Willie, quarterbacks, of course, get their deals, but there were a couple other ones uh, that were pretty big. So, the the ones I want to hit, Lamar. First off, I'm just happy Lamar got his money. The entire time, it was like, just pay him. Like, I don't know what y'all are waiting on. Just pay him. And he did. He got, what, five years, $260 million, which was mm-hmm. $1 million more per year than Jalen Hurts. And it was like, yay. You, I still don't really understand the wannabe. Um, the highest pay, I know, because yeah. especially the quarterback market where – Especially like this, like this year, it made no sense because you knew Burrow was going to be last, and even if Burrow somehow wasn't going to be last, whoever was last was going to get the biggest money. So that whole concept of "oh, I want to be the highest paid" uh, for now, for like a month, it will never make sense to me for them to like care as much as they do about that. Justin Herbert got his money. Now, found something out about Justin Herbert's money that is really, really interesting. Justin Herbert's money, although he technically got like 2.5 more than Lamar, which basically was like 500,000 more each year. And it was like, here we go, being stupid again. His contract includes his the next two years. So it's more like a seven-year, $293 million deal and not a 500 So it ends up being more team-friendly because it comes out to closer to like 43 a year. So he's actually under Mahomes. So he did like right by the team. Go Justin. I mean, he's still cursed, but go Justin. Yeah, yeah. Gino got a pretty good deal, three years, seventy-five million. I, I'm like, that that's good, forty million guaranteed. I think that's and it's also team friendly. If he bombs out within what a year or two, they can get out from under it. Yeah. 
somebody that I think did really, really well was Laramie Thompson. Like, for all of the talk about Lamar and him representing himself, Laramie Thompson has been representing himself for the past two contracts that he got, and he got good money both times. Like, he got three years, $60 million guaranteed, and it totals 75. So, like, he got $20 million each year. Like, it's an excellent deal. He's he's done he's done rather well each and every time he stepped up to the plate. And at his age, correct me if I'm wrong, he probably can get one more crack at it. It won't be a good number, but he'll he'll at least get be eligible to get one more crack at it. Larry Tussle is twenty eight. He'll get two more contracts. He'll get two more cracks. <laughs> he'll get two more cracks at it. So there is one that I wanted to know your thoughts on. I'm trying to find it. Because I was like, ooh, Willie going to have something to say. The Cowboys signed somebody. How you feel about that Travon Diggs deal? I'm cool with it. I'm actually cool with it. it it's not over the top. It's it's based essentially 20 mil per year. Okay, fine. Um. We got them now. We got the deal done before everything got out of pocket. Um, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that deal. I have no issues with that deal. Good deal. He just got to, of course, get better and stop falling for double moves. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, he got to do better about that. There was one that I was really surprised by. I was surprised by Cole Commit. Like, I was surprised that they gave him – 50 million like that just it surprised me because I didn't feel like he'd had enough of like a, an impact on his team that I can remember to warrant him getting that type of deal this man had 50 catches for 544 yards 7 touchdowns last year and you paid him $50 million. I, do, do you understand it? The math ain't math. But, the, but then again, when uh, when somebody gets $40 million and through 15 touchdown passes, anything is possible. That's the one we haven't talked about. The idea that Daniel Jones got that contract which we both said, like, I was more surprised. Like, I didn't think Saquon would be as mad about that contract because that's his quarterback and all this kind of stuff. But the idea that they didn't, like, take care of Saquon and gave him that deal, I feel like probably rubbed Saquon the wrong way. Because at the end of the day, being completely honest, Dane Jones is a lower-tier quarterback. You don't throw 15 touchdowns and, like, have the type of season that, like, the only real thing that Daniel Jones didn't do this year, this past season, that kind of, like, made it somewhat better is he didn't turn the ball over. Oh, this was his best year when it comes to yardage. He actually hit 3,000 yards. 
and his completion percentage was 67. But, like, the idea that in all of this, in what we've talked about, going back to the running backs conversation, Daniel Jones got what he did. And then the following, like, after Saquon signed his deal, the following day, they signed. Was it Andrew Thomas? Mm-hmm. What, a hundred-something million? hundred-something million. Which, again, we, we've talked about. It makes sense for the idea of we really need him to be as good as he is. We need Andrew Thomas to be Andrew Thomas. So, like, that makes sense. He signed five years, 117.5. But somebody pointed out, and I'm trying to find it real quick, you have Saquon taking the deal that he did. And Uchenna Nwosu for the Seattle Seahawks with signed a three-year, $45 million contract extension. Willie, do you know who Uchenna Nwosu is? <laughs> I probably should, but I, I don't. Like, when you have linebackers who we don't even really know who you are, and we like watch a lot of football, we can't we can't readily identify you by name. We don't even gotta know your face. We can't we don't really identify you as by name. And you get forty five million, but Saquon can't get forty five. Is that math ain't math, and it just don't make sense. And it's it's just sad and frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of contracts happen. Uh, we'll probably get into a few more as the weeks go on, heading into the season. But to end this thing on out, we're gonna talk about training camp so far and what's happening. Training camp started last week, and there's been some pretty good stuff that's happened um, and some pretty bad stuff. Um, I think the first thing we got to talk about is the two big injuries. Jalen Ramsey being out probably till um, December. Um, I bet the Dolphins are pissed that they went ahead and paid him, and then he immediately got injured. Um, I'm interested to see – go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah, this doesn't look good for the older cornerback market down the road. Like, this all but ensures, I don't know how many years are left on Gilmore's deal, but this all but ensures Gilmore is not getting paid again. Not at all. Um, Is he on the Cowboys now? Yes, he is. Oh, that's a good tandem. Mm-hmm. So you can't... Now you can't pick on uh Mr. Brown anymore. Yes. Who, who's fast as lightning, but can't cover a dead cockroach. Yes. Um I I think the Dolphins, like their defense was okay. I'm I'm really interested to see what they can do defensively. Like they gave up as much as they did for Bradley Chubb and that didn't seem to work last year. So hopefully a, a full season in this defense will help. Overall, they have a solid defense, so we'll see what happens. I think that adding Jalen Ramsey is nice. I don't know if they needed Jalen Ramsey. Um, they, to me, they got who they needed. 
and who that is is Vic Fangio. Yeah, I can see that. The other big injury, Joe Burrow has a calf strain that they have not said how bad it is. I don't know why they're not saying how bad it is. Like I, like I don't know the competitive advantage that it is going to take. Like this early on to not say it's a grade three strain. He's gonna be out for two months. Like what does that do? Do you think people are gonna not? Well, no. It's he's gonna he's gonna play week one. He's just you just want to see him the preseason. That's what I think it is. But I like that's my thing is are they just afraid that people aren't going to buy tickets? Which in my mind. They're going to buy tickets. Like, your fan base is such they're going to buy tickets. And it just seems like if you uh, piss off your fans, you are going to make them not want to come even more. Your first game of the year is against the Browns. You start the year with the Browns, Ravens, Rams. People are going to come see those games. Regardless. Yeah. I would not try him out there week one. Especially not for, like, worst-case scenario, you lose your first two games to division opponents. You can probably make that up, but I wouldn't risk it. The other thing that's been interesting to me is there have been people who have talked about, specifically on ESPN, Joe Burrow playing without a contract. And we talked about it before we started recording. That don't matter. Like, Joe Burrow, at this point – if Justin Herbert, who has not won a playoff game and has only played one, if Justin Herbert can get his money, there's no way you can look at Joe Burrow, who in the four years that he's been in the league has taken his team from, wait, is this, this is year three. No, he's going into year four. Mm-hmm. In three seasons, he's been to the AFC Championship game twice and been to the Super Bowl once. They can't not pay him based solely on what he's accomplished already. Like, like we know, we know he's getting paid. Oh, he's getting he's getting paid. So people were talking about a holdout. I was like, hold out for what? He getting paid? Like he he ain't got to worry about nothing. His deal, his, his, uh, for him in particular, his deal will be signed the day before, the Wednesday before the Chiefs play the Detroit Lions. Okay, I can see that. Uh, and so, like, just... The the interesting thing is this is they asked him about playing in the preseason with his contract situation. And he was like, I didn't miss time my the first two preseasons. I had appendicitis and some other stuff, and then I got hurt. Like, no, I wanna be out here. I wanna work with my team. Like I wanna be here. And then he got hurt like the following day. And that was hilarious to me. Like, you talked all that good a second ago, and now you can't play again. But, like, there's no re Like, you playing in the preseason ain't done nothing to help you. Like, you couldn't do much better. Like, there was a point in time 
last year where people were saying you were better than Patrick Mahomes. You don't ever got to play a preseason game again. He really doesn't. The other couple of things with the training camp that I want to hit. Did you see Travis Kelsey being chippy and swinging on folks? That was so childish. That was so childish. I mean, you normally, if you catch, a, even in the regular season, you catch a ball in the end zone, the defender going to punch at the ball or do a little something. It's, it's, it's normal routine for you to just swing on. I think, honestly, for you to just swing on dude like that, either you've been itching to that particular guy or something was bothering you outside and you just decided to take it out, um, take it outside. Oh, okay. So a lot of people have said this. And it's just funny to me because, like, it's Travis Kelsey. And I don't know if you've seen any of the clips of him and Jason's podcast. Yeah, I've seen some. Um, they're hilarious and stupid. Um, apparently, Travis Kelsey went to the Taylor Swift concert and he made her a friendship bracelet. But she wasn't willing to see him, and so somebody was like, "He couldn't get with." Uh, he shot a shot at Taylor Swift, and it didn't work. Now he just mad for no reason. But like, maybe that's it. Maybe he his he he won't he want to be with Taylor Swift, and he can't have her. Oh, so I I agree with you. It was childish. Um, it was just like. I think one of the really weird things is um, like the amount of times that we saw fights when we were in practice working at Memphis. At the end of the day, a lot of fights happen on um, in football practice, generally um, for no good reason. Like the amount of times where like there was a certain cornerback who we're not going to say his name. But he got in fights all the time for no reason. He just swinging off folks. Of, Why are you? Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that that particular gentleman did have a tendency of wanting to square up, like any time, any any down, any it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, good, good point. Yeah, that particular individual. And so. The final thing that I wanted to hit is Sean Payton had some comments about uh, Nathaniel Hackett, basically saying that last year was was crap and it was a mistake and they shouldn't have done it. Um, it was just it was a bad it was a very bad look. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard his comments. I heard his uh, explanation of the comments. I heard what Aaron Rodgers had to say about the comments. Her Robert Sala had to, even Roger yeah, Robert Sala got brought in. Um, had to say about the comments. Uh, the only person I ain't heard. He was just like, "See you week five. Like the fact I'm even on your mind. We don't even play till week five is kind of weird. The weird thing to me was Aaron Rodgers. And like keep my keep my coach's name out your mouth, Aaron. Aaron, that man got fired week what fifteen because it was just that bad. Mm-hmm. Like I get you, like being a like. Why are you offended? Like he he's the offensive coordinator now, and 
he worked well with you, but no one, no one would say that last year was a good year. And everyone can point to the head coach of the Broncos last year was the largest problem. And you're asking the current head coach about what happened last year. He's going to say very clearly to head coach because everything else about this team said they should have made the playoffs and it just didn't work. And I mean, realistically, what we don't talk about is the fact that Nathaniel Hackett, the only reason he got hired was to bring in Aaron Rodgers and that didn't work. So they settled for Russell Wilson and he did not know how to effectively use Russell Wilson. I feel like Sean Payton will effectively use Russell Wilson and is a better head coach and his offensive system will function better. There are certain people that I don't think we discuss enough. They're just better at being coordinators. Nathaniel Hackett wasn't supposed to be the head coach. He wasn't supposed to be there. And even before that, even before last season, Mark Schlereff, who is Broncos Homer, Broncos Hall of Fame, three-time Super Bowl champion, even he said the roster ain't good enough for the playoffs. Even he said it. And I told you for last season this roster isn't good enough. It just wasn't. The same issues I said Aaron Rodgers had, Russell Wilson had. Who's going to block? Who? Now, granted, it didn't help that Javante Williams went out. It also didn't help that uh, Russell Wilson had one of the worst seasons of his career. That, again, we don't talk about it as often, but almost every quarterback has one of those, what are you doing, seasons. Like every quarterback, they just have the ability to bounce back in ways that other players don't because you need your quarterback. But the amount of times that wide receivers, running backs, cornerback, like every other position, if you have a bad year, that's pretty much it for you. Quarterbacks are the only ones that have the ability to, like, run it back. And I wholeheartedly believe he will run it back. Do I think that they are going to be a playoff team? Eh. Um, I don't. Why don't you? One, the roster is still last time I checked. Who did that add of note? The roster didn't get any better. Bradley Chubb ain't there no more. Who's rushing the passer? Me and you. You got Sir Chain, who's a Hall of Famer. You got Justin Simmons, who's going to go in the Hall of Very Good. Other than that, what you got? Offensively, yeah, they'll be much better with Sean Payton. Of course, they'll be much better. Sean Payton's a wizard. He knows what he's doing. Doggone good coach. But we never said Sean Payton in defense in the same sentence. The Did they add any all-pro or even pro Bowl offensive linemen? No. Is the wide receiver core very high potential, but probably still going to perform kind of meh? Yeah. Then you look at the AFC. Are they better than the Chiefs? No. Are they better than Jacksonville? No. Are they better than the Ravens? No. 
Are they better than the Bengals? No. Are they better than the Bills? Probably not. That's five teams right there. It's only seven spots. Are they better than San Diego? Mm, nah, I said San Diego, my bad. Los Angeles? Mm, not really. Are they, are they even better than the Steelers at this point? Mm, probably not. Like, I could see them competing for the seventh spot with the Titans, maybe. But, I mean, you the AFC is loaded. It's freaking loaded. And then what's that? Are they better than the Jets? No. Are they better than Miami? No. I don't see a scenario where they get in unless three quarterbacks magically get concussions or something. I, I don't see it. With the roster that they have, I don't see a reason to think so. I mean, you know, I'll be, you know, best wishes to them. But I'm not going to sit up here and lie to our viewers and be like, oh, yeah, they're going to make it. No, they're not. No, they're not. You're going to be real surprised when I say this. I just went through their whole schedule. I got them at 11 to 6. On what planet? Let's, 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 let's run this. Let's run this. Let's, uh-uh. Let's do this. Let's do this. Week one against the Raiders. That's a dub. <laughs> Week two against the Commanders at home. Commanders at Broncos at home? Yeah. That might be our first tie of the season, but I get an edge to the Broncos. Week three, they're at the Dolphins. Oh, Jesus Christ, no. Week four at Chicago. Loss. I got that as a win, but like, yeah. That is a loss. Week five at home against the Jets, I have that as a loss. That's definitely a loss. Week six at Chiefs, loss. Big loss. Week seven at home against the Packers. Ah, that's a dub. That's a dub. Week eight home against the Chiefs. I got that as a loss. I mean, they've never beaten Patrick McCombs at home. So, I mean, yeah, that's a loss. (laughs) By week in week 10, uh, by week in week nine, week 10 is at the Bills. Loss. Loss. Week 11, at home against the Vikings. At home? It depends on what time of day the game is, and you know why I'm saying that. I got that as a win. I have that as a loss. Only, and I do mean only, due to, well, I think the game is going to be at 1 p.m. We'll see. Um, week 12, home against the Browns. I have that as a win. Home against the Browns? Yep. I got an L on that. I got an L on that. Week 13 is at the Texans. Oh, when? Next. Week 14, uh, at Chargers, I got it as a loss. 
That's a loss. Week 15 at Detroit, I have as a win. I don't see Detroit losing at home. I think Detroit is going to do similar to what they did last year. Late in the season, they're going to lose at least one game where it's like, what are you doing? And I think it's this one. Okay. Um, week 16 at home against the Patriots. I have our second tie of the season. I got I'm going to say I'm going to say win. I think the score might be like 13 to 7. Yeah. But I see a win. Um, week 17 at home against the Chargers. I got that as a win, but I understand you saying that's a loss. Yeah, I got that as a loss. Last game of the season at the Raiders, I got that as a win. I think they sweep the Raiders, yeah. That's a win. So you got them at eight and nine. That's oh, that seems too high for me. But then again, I got the Raiders. I don't I, I don't see a scenario where they win a I mean they're going to win a game, but I don't see a scenario where they win a single game this year. Yeah. And so, but that is all the time we have for this episode of the All Purpose NFL Podcast with AP and Trey. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcasting networks. So, thank you for listening and have a good one.